Welcome to my so-called Opera Life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers, where we work to connect, inform, empower, and inspire musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Each episode, we'll explore a piece of the never-ending puzzle of the so-called opera life, humble brags and therapeutic complaints, as well as practical information about how this business works. Each piece helping you on your journey towards success, which we believe should really mean happiness. I'm Marcel. And I'm Elise. And we're two sopranos trying to live our best so-called opera lives. So we're just jumping in here to, uh, <laughs> to talk about rejection today, which we're all facing a lot of right now. This time of season. Year. Our PFO. Uh, so. For those who don't know, PFO is the shorthand. Uh, we say we get PFO letters or please fuck off letters. Think it's fair to know that there are people who take contention with using using that term. Particularly, I've heard the cont- people being contentious about using PFO from people who are in the arts admin side, and they're just yeah, like, "Oh, I know. we're not telling you to fuck the off." Letters, right? They, and it's but like, like it's but at not- the same time, as a singer, like getting to call it a PFO gives me a small way yeah. to vent about my disappointment it's, of a rejection. It's a therapeutic complaint. I feel like it's not a dig at anybody. I mean, right. it's really, you're telling them, yeah, fuck off for now. Right. Or forever, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're having companies that have told people to fuck off forever, so. So, we wanted to read a few letters um, that have been sent to us anonymously, and just kind of talk about the different rejection letters and um, scenarios and how to kind of, you know, think about them and handle them and um, and read into them, I guess. Right. Um, I guess we want to say that we've noticed from talking to other singers that these letters are kind of generic. I mean, they are definitely generic and they're sent to lots of people, but there are different kinds of letters that you might get and although you know it's dear singer and sometimes they do your name wrong (laughs) which is always the best but if it says dear singer (laughs) odds are it's a form letter um but they may have a few in their um box that maybe they send different levels of interest in terms of hearing you again right the standard one i feel like is Thank you very much for your interest. We're sorry to inform you that you have been selected, that you have not been selected for one of the limited audition slots this year. There are many factors that go into the decision for an audition, and while we are unable to offer individual feedback to each artist, please know that we have personally reviewed every application and your materials were considered very carefully. Uh, We wish you the best in finding another opportunity to advance your goals. What we want to find out more, and this is where we can pool together as a community of singers, is, and what we've sort of been discovering is, does this really mean please audition again? Or does this mean nothing? Right. Well, (laughs) it's probably fair to say that the first couple of letters we're going to be reading uh, are application rejection letters. Right. Because I have, just even in reviewing my own 
I mm. save all my rejection letters. Yeah, me too. And I'm a masochist. I don't know. Um, but well, I don't. I, I have a good. I have a, a good reason for keeping them, which we'll talk it about later. It also helps you remember who you apply to. And right. Stuff. So, uh, but I have. There is a distinct difference <clears throat> in terms of the rejections I received from auditions versus those that were just applications. So I feel like the application rejections in general tend to be much more generic, generic, form lettery. Yeah. You know, there's one that we've seen a couple of times you know where the company's pretty clear they say you know there were simply more singers under consideration than we could schedule to hear in person and we deeply regret that we aren't able to offer you an audition at this time please know that we were very impressed by your application and we intend to keep you on an audition waitlist in case of cancellations so that's a waitlist you know, slash rejection right waitlist um, is I would say something to take note of and don't feel like Oh, everybody gets waitlisted because that's not the case. That's definitely not the case. People that are waitlisted are higher up, you know, more competitive with other singers than those that don't get it. Right. And it could have been that, you know, if you got your application in late by the time they heard you, they'd already given all the slots to Sopranos that they could or whatever your voice type is. But they want to hear you. So I, I would take that as an encouragement that they find me competitive. I should make sure that I apply next year and probably be sure to apply early. Right. Yeah, we've said that before. Applying earlier is much better for your chances. Right. The longer it takes to hear back, probably the longer they're considering you. Right. Right. And something about waitlisted, too. Some companies um are different in terms of their waitlist. So I know... I'll just say, because, you know, why not? Like Virginia Opera and Santa Fe, um, when I've been waitlisted for them, they've been very clear about if we have an opening for you, we will uh, contact you by this specific date to let you know if we actually have room or not for you. Other companies, if you're waitlisted, kind of the expectation there is like they're not going to let you know if they have room for you, I don't think. But I know like if I've already been in New York for a company like for another audition and I was waitlisted for somebody that's there the same day. Like I've gotten in, mm-hmm. I've been like, Hey, I was waitlisted. I just, I'll walk by, check the, with the door monitor and just like, Hey, yeah, I that's have an something opening. I've never done, which is a good idea. I've never even, cause I've again been waitlisted and like, I've never, I don't think I've ever, maybe once did get an audition from the waitlist, but like hardly ever. And I've never considered going to the audition anyway. Right. If you're not living in New York, I think it's hard. So the only time I've done it is if I've happened to be in the city for something else that day, too. I've also met singers that don't live in New York, don't live near New York. Right. And they will make a week or something like that of of auditions in in New York. And I've known people to go and and just, even if they hadn't applied, and just sing. Yeah, try to crash an audition. Yeah, which I don't. I don't, like, know if I would do that, but I probably should grow up here and do it, but, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do that, but, I, like, I know people that do it. So I know, I know. Them, you know? I have such mixed feelings about it, because at one point, like, yeah, it, it takes some, it takes some courage to do that, um, and maybe some people would be impressed by that, but... Like, having, like, being an admin of a small arts organization, like, for Opera on Tap here in Philly, I feel like if somebody tried to crash the Opera on Tap auditions, my initial reaction would not be like, oh, yeah, look at this ballsy person. I'd be like, no, excuse me, you didn't take the time to actually apply. You didn't take the time to submit your materials and respect the process that everyone else has respected. You are most certainly not going to be heard. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care how amazing you are. Yeah. I don't know. I think I would hear them. I don't think I would. But it doesn't matter. I think the main point, we can't, like, make decisions based on other people's reactions. We have to make decisions based on, like, I think this is a good idea because I'd be really good. And you have to weigh both the possibilities of whatever that outcome is and, and be okay with both. If you're not okay with both. Right. Then right, that's what I'm it. saying. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So I've also known people who um, have the very dramatic voices, mm-hmm. um, bigger voices, and they sing only certain rap, right? Right. Dramatic sopranos are like always in that weird position with young artist programs, like being young, but like. They can't really sing it until they're older and blah, blah, blah. So I've known a singer who um, told me like, oh, you know, sometimes I get like, well, we don't have anything for you right now, but please audition again, like, because we really like you. We just don't have a role for you. And she said to me like, oh, no, I know they tell everybody that. And I was like, no, no, they don't. They They never say that to me because I have like a voice that. There's always something in there for you. <laughs> right. 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 So that's another, if you, if you ever get that, and if you ever wind up applying for something that maybe you don't know what the roles are, you know, and you can look later if you don't get it and see what they hot, you know, cast and, and see like if there was someone really in your voice category or not. have some other kinds of not so nice emails. I don't know how many people get these, but I know it's a more than you would think. This one says, after much consideration, we regret to inform you that we do not believe we are the right program for you and your development. Please pardon the frankness of this statement, but it is our belief that this will allow you to focus your time, talent, and finances towards other opportunities that might be more fruitful. Which is like pretty clearly like don't ever apply here again. Right. And that really sucks. Right. But, I mean, on the one hand, like, that really sucks. But on the other hand, it's not... One door closes, another door opens. Like, you no longer have to wonder about what that company is thinking about, you know? Right. I don't know what you think. What do you think about that? I mean, I think I appreciate the clarity of that email. Right. You know, just just as much as I appreciate the clarity of an email that tells me, like, we really like you, right. please apply again. Right. Um, you know, it's not the kind of feedback you want to hear. Right. But honestly, that means that's one less application I know that I have to send for right. next year. If they don't feel that I'm the right fit for them, like, they know better than I do right. Right. what they... They don't know, you know. Let's put it this way. Somebody used this analogy um, about auditions somewhere on the internet, this in the past few weeks and I just loved it and it's like kind of radically changed how I think about it. This person was saying um, that they had an audition and they got really good feedback but they didn't have a role for her either and she summed it up as so basically what they told me was that I'm a really good mango but they were looking for strawberries and so essentially what that boils down for me is just a really good reminder that rejection letters in whatever form they take Mm -hmm. are not value judgments on you as an artist. Right. And even with this, like, letter, it doesn't mean you don't even sing for the company. It just means, like, in this young artist track, 
and your age and whatever other factors are there, like, it's just not going to be that way. Right. You know? Right. Well, and I mean, if you think about it, most young artist programs are kind of looking for, let's just say, strawberries kind of all the time. They don't want an exotic mango, aka a dramatic <laughs> soprano, you know? And so I think this also goes towards, like, let's break open this stupid, ridiculous thing that they sell us that the way to a career is only through young artist programs because a young artist program is never going to be the right fit for with you know someone with a dramatic voice or someone whose technique just takes them a little bit longer to figure out and you shouldn't feel like that that means that you are somehow less of a singer or that you're going to have less of a career because you haven't done a yap yeah because it's not true and I don't know if we said this before but these yaps how I view them is they're a crapshoot it's not a value judgment and it's never going to be. There are just so many factors and there are so many singers. The whole yap process is fucked. <laughs> and we need to make steps towards changes. I still apply, you know, everyone makes their own decisions about what to apply for. But when I apply, I don't think like, if I don't get one of these, like, then I'm not a good singer. It's really just... It's a gamble. It, yeah. it really is a gamble because there's just too many of them and they're listening to one thing. So like, even when I know the person that I'm auditioning for, they still don't remember my audition. Um, they still don't give always the clearest feedback. They still don't treat me like an individual, even when they know me. Right. <laughs> right. So... I, you know, I can't take that really personally, I and I don't. I take it more as how fucked up it all is and that they're really not spending time getting to know these artists. Right. I mean, mar mostly because they can't. They can't. The, the numbers are so high. You know, which is, I think, where I would say to, like, encourage people to maybe, since it is a gamble, to be a little smarter. Be smart where and you're be selective. Where, what numbers you're putting your money on. Right. Because I think a lot of us fall into the trap, and I certainly did in my early years, like part, par partially because I didn't, I had... Nobody knows. I didn't know, I wasn't, just honestly wasn't self-aware enough to know how, where I was actually competitive. Mm. And I don't think that we learn that enough. Right. In school. Well, I don't think our, on some levels, like our teachers and our coaches often... Don't know. Don't feel so. like they can, maybe they don't feel like they can say like, sometimes they hey, good for you for trying, but like, I don't think you're competitive to apply to Maryland or Santa Fe yet. Which so. is, which is crazy because they should be saying that. But also some of them like actually don't know. A lot of them actually, it's very surprising. Right. How many coaches, they don't know what this audition process is like. Yeah. Well, I've it's had coaches so much. sit in on like mock auditions. I've had like coaches high-level coaches sit in on mock auditions and leave and, t and be like, what the fuck? And be like, that's how they listen? That's right. what they do? Right. That's fucked up. It's messed up, man. Right. Well, it's not the things that you would think they'd be listening for. I think we're all... Right, right, right. Did I do that phrase in one breath? Is my, is my, is my instrument balanced from top to bottom and perfectly clear and... Like, that's yeah. not always what they're listening no. for. Am I using too much chest voice? You know, like, you just, yeah, it's, those, it's aren't, crazy. those aren't the things um, necessarily that they're listening for. 
I think they've, there are companies that recognize that sometimes singers don't know whether they're competitive or not. And so they will say in their application form, like a singer who's competitive for us will likely have completed these following things. They will have sung two main stage roles at a D level company, mm-hmm. or they've sung Compro Mario at a B level company, or they've completed a graduate right. diploma and have had work or have commensurate experience to a graduate diploma. Cause like, I don't have any degrees, but I've been a working singer for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, the companies that are very, very clear, like these, this is kind of like the bar. And we know what, what companies. I'm pretty sure Wolf Trap is very clear about that. Anchorage Opera, I know, is clear about that. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Who else? There's a couple of young artists, perhaps. I think Opera Colorado has those specifications right in their application information. And we can link more. We don't have to. I was just. Yeah, I, I knew think, that you knew the Anchorage. I had to forgotten. Yeah, there's there's a couple of them that are pretty clear, and that makes it easy to yeah. say like, you know what? No, I'm not. This is not a place to cast my net. I'm not the right fit for them. Yeah. So the other thing I want to talk about is correspondence with the companies. I have heard now both positives and negatives and just different things that I wanted to just right say, I guess. Like, for example, if a company says they cannot provide feedback, do not ask them for feedback. Right. <laughs> they will not appreciate it and you will be upset. Right. <laughs> and they might not... They, like, some of them keep a running list of the people that do that and will never... Do not pester people for feedback if they explicitly say that they cannot provide it. And it's so interesting to me because everyone has different personalities and I appreciate, like, everyone's personalities because they all have their benefits and stuff. Like, if someone says um, explicitly, do not contact us for feedback and it's a very strong sentence, I don't... Ask them. I'm like, oh, I get it. I don't want to ask you for feedback. But some people still do. Right. And I appreciate that kind of personality because you got to have some guts. But I have heard some people being like, that's rude. You know, and I do kind of think you have to figure out what's rude and what's um, assertive for yourself. Right. Um, on the other hand, I have heard about some people who write letters or um, emails thanking people for hearing them and stuff, which is another thing that I don't do. And I've always thought about, like, should I, shouldn't I? I don't know. There's, like, a 50-50 split on whether to do that or not, I think. It's kind of like when you you write thank you notes. It's not my personality to write thank you notes. Right. (laughs) So it doesn't feel comfortable for me to write a thank you note. Um, Unless there's something... My my feeling, mm-hmm. and this is just my perspective on it, I'm not inclined to write a thank you note unless there was something specific that happened in that audition that made me feel really strongly about that company. Like, I wrote a thank you note to Ohio Light Opera last year because there was a snafu with the pianist or whatever, and then it ended up delaying the auditions a bunch, and... They were just really nice to us. They ended up waiving our audition fees because they were, like, so apologetic about what had happened. And then also, like, in their note to tell us that they waived our audition fees, like, spoke to how kind we all were to each other in the hallway. And, like, it just was, it felt, it it felt so good. Like, that whole afternoon was really unique and wonderful. And they treated everyone respectfully. And so then, like, I replied to that and I was just like, thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. Right. Yeah, Yeah, that's a unique experience. And I would say definitely if you feel inspired to write a letter like who's gonna get upset 
for you thanking them. Right. You know what I mean? And I do know companies that save every correspondence that you have. So each year that you apply, they have every correspondence you have behind your application for the year. Right. So, I mean, I think that's another call for a singer. All right. So... We've talked about the kinds of those rejection letters, and now you've got a whole stack of them. Now what? Mm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> How do you usually feel when you get a rejection letter? So I mostly, and I don't know, does this sound like bullshit, but I really think it's true. I mostly don't care. Like oh. It mostly feels like, I don't know them. They right. don't know me. Right. I have no idea. I, I always view my whole, like, you know, outlook on them, which maybe it's in the wrong way, but I don't really care, Um, is that it's a gamble to begin with, so I just didn't win. You mm-hmm. know, it's like not winning the lottery. Like, oh, you know, it's not about me. Right. It's about you. Right. So mostly I don't care. When I do care is when I do know them. And then I get upset. Right. Like, oh, fuck, I knew you, and you still didn't want to give me a shot. Right. right. That's when it really sucks for me. Right. How about you? I feel like I'm less bothered by like application rejections. Um, short of the ones that haven't listened to my videos, those mm-hmm. I get upset about. I tend to be a little more invested, I think, on the how I'm gonna hear from actual song auditions, particularly mm. if it's an audition that I feel like I sang really well and I gave a good audition mm-hmm. and I had a good feeling in the room. You know, so I think there's always a little bit of disappointment. But yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp of like, at this point, I mean, I will say that that this has changed over the years, like early on for me, I would be upset by a lot of them. And, you know, an upset meant like, I might be just down, down for an hour or two. And you can't cry over every one. I mean, you can, you can, you, you definitely can. And I think that that's also a valid response because a lot of us put our heart and soul into all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it healthy for everyone to cry over everyone? Maybe, maybe not, depending on the kind of person you are. Depending on the cry. Depending on the cry, depending on the kind of person you are. I love a good cry. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's really cathartic. Sometimes you need to just, like, you do need to say, like... I cried when I, when I got in. I was like, validation! Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's totally like that a valid... first time, you know, that first one when you get in and you're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Right, right, right. It's a happy cry. There's different kinds of cries. But I think, like, regardless of how you end up feeling about your rejection letters, um, the healthy thing is to hold space for whatever that feeling is. And to, like, acknowledge. Because a feeling is a feeling. You have them. And (laughs) ignoring them is is not good either. I think that there's... You know, I can't, nowadays when I, I get a rejection letter or an acceptance letter and I, and I will literally like look at it on my computer screen, I'll read it, I'll take a deep breath and I'll be like, okay, how do I feel about this? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I'm feeling more disappointed about this than I thought I did. Why right, is that? Right, right, right. Let me hold space for that. I'm allowed to feel disappointed. Right. I'm going to give myself five minutes or 15 minutes or to kind of just like sit with this, feel it, be okay with feeling it. And then when the timer's up, I'm going to go practice or I'm going to go outside and get a coffee or like something something. to help me move past it. Yeah. 
Because certainly just ignore, I did for a while feel like, I shouldn't feel disappointed by this, I gotta be tough, and have tough skin, and if I'm gonna let every audition bother me, you know, then I'm not gonna make it as an artist, and that's not, that's not valid either. Yeah, and I have people, like, friends that are like, I know I shouldn't be upset, and I'm mad, but I'm like, you can't be upset that you're upset about it. Like, you just are, and that's okay, you know? I think when we talk about these numbers, about how, like, the odds are so not in our favor, we can be led to believe that we were somehow silly mm-hmm. for getting our hopes up. Mm-hmm. And that's so wrong. Right. We should have our hopes up. We work really hard to do what we do. If you and didn't, to do right. it And to do it well. And if you didn't care, why are you why? doing this right. in the first place? Right. So I don't think it's silly to have given a really good audition and, and maybe have done the thing that kind of everyone does when they play the lottery. Yeah. Well, what if I win the million dollars? Right, what right, am I going right, to do? Right. Indulging in that wishful thinking, I think, can be very powerful, even if we're disappointed in the end, because it, it allows us to imagine ourselves being good at what we do. Right. Because we are good at what we do. We cut ourselves down so much, it's nice to play the game where, and hopefully make the habit of actually believing that you're worth worthwhile, and mm-hmm. that you make good art. And maybe not everyone likes the art you make, but it's beautiful and worth time, and people should hear it. To get to where I am, and I think where you are, where we've learned to, I think, separate a rejection letter from any kind of judgment on whether our art is worthwhile or whether our singing is good or should I be a singer or Mm -hmm. am I a bad singer, you know, because a rejection letter is not telling you those things. That's not what those rejection letters are saying. So what do you, what do you do? Because you do, I don't do this yet. I mean, I... (laughs) So when I was... In, I guess, three years ago, and I was feeling rejection letters still really hard and feeling like I was just banging my head against a wall and and getting down on myself for being down about it. I was trying to find a new way to approach approach the whole process and just through somehow through, across my Facebook feed, I have a lot of friends who are writers, and across my Facebook feed came a blog post um, from LitHub that I will link in the show notes that said why you should aim for 100 rejections a year. And this is written specifically to writers, Mm -hmm. but you could literally read this blog post and substitute writer for singer, and it's the same process. The gist of this blog post was that you need to do, make a lot of art before you're going to start to make really good art. But also, if you aim for 100 rejections, in that pile of 100 rejections, there are just statistically, there are sure to be some yeses. Right, because that's over a hundred applications. It's over a hundred applications. Someone's going to say yes, or someone's going to say something encouraging, or someone's going to see you and, and say like, we want you, but we don't have the right thing. Or we see what you're doing. Can you change or tweak this thing? You're going to get some kind of encouragement, whether it's a job offer or a wait list, or mm-hmm. you're going to make connections in the business that you didn't have before. Um, and you're also just going to get better at what you do. And you're also kind of going to have some exposure therapy, I think, right. in terms of learning to, to, to separate these no's from right. what you do as a singer. At the same time, like not long after, um, I met Sarah Duchovny, who is on Instagram as Glamorous Diva and is a beautiful, wonderful human being as well as an amazing soprano. And she talked to me about how she has, she took this a step further, wherein she set a number for herself after so many rejections, I'm going to treat myself to something. 
So then there was like a reason to also get to that goal. Like she took it a step beyond mm -hmm. just aim for 100 rejections. But like after doing it, I'm going to treat myself for having done all this really hard, difficult work um, and facing rejection so many times. Yeah. Um, so my goal for myself was after I hit 100 rejections, then I'm going to take myself on a mini vacation just with me. My hope is to splurge for like a weekend and go to Puerto Rico and see where my abuela grew up in Ponce and just like have some personal discovery around that. But it may just mean a day at the spa or just going down to the Jersey Shore and enjoying the beach for an afternoon by myself, you know, and just be with me. So I think I'm at, I can tell you actually, I have 92. Wow. <laughs> I'm eight away. It's taken me like three years to get there. <laughs> I, I don't, I save my letters, um, I just put them in categories, um, per year, so I don't have the hundred, um, I have a folder in my Gmail that's literally labeled a hundred projections, yeah. baby. <laughs> I think it's a great idea, and I think that personally, I, I don't know, I don't know why I don't do it, but I, I, I think I will maybe do it, but, um, I think that mindset is so powerful. Well, and I will say, I'm at 92, and I've had a good number of yeses. That helps you kind of see, right. gauge your success rate, I guess. Right. Um, which I think is good. And I, I know singers that don't necessarily do the 100 rejections, but do, after their audition, they, they get ice cream, you know. Right. Well, or, I do that every yeah. audition. Like, every time I go into New York. Well, I mean. <laughs> whenever I go into New York for an audition, I always plan... I make a plan for what I'm going to do after the audition. Yeah. And it's either I, I will find a museum that has a free exhibit or I'll find a cool new spot for lunch or something. So that I, I have something to look forward to yeah. beyond the just the audition. I mean, that's probably a good idea. I guess I don't do that. I don't, like, give myself time to do that, which I think would probably be, be good for me to do. It's just kind of like the audition's part of the whole day it's like what do we have to hurry up hurry up hurry up and right. I, I mean sometimes i have audition. to get back right back and i can't do something like right. that right but it would be good for me i think to view the audition as more than 10 minutes right and i mean i do sometimes i just i'm like i'll i'll be there i'll be there 20 minutes i'll have 10 minutes of audition okay great i'm going to and i like i do go out to dinner but i don't view it as like a, and then i'm like and then I'm like, i don't view it as a reward which i think another thing that at least for me it would do is is just slow down the process a little bit and mm -hmm. view it as an experience and not like a blip in my day right. which i think for me is really important because i not that i don't take the audition seriously but i I do, it doesn't weigh heavily on me. It's like, just got to get in there, get out, you know? But And I'm trying to add more onto that process, like more time, I think, just so it's not a blip in my day. And I think it will make a difference in the audition room. But it's a nice thing to do afterwards as well. Just like make it an experience. It's 10 minutes, yeah, but can you make it more than that so that it's mean like a little bit meaningful right right well, in a I, good way right meaningful for you right right cuz i part of my process too is after every audition i will either sit in the hallway at nola or wherever you are wherever you happen to be or i'll mm -hmm. go to a coffee shop nearby and i will write out immediately how i felt the audition went what did i feel that i did really well what did i feel i could have done better you know it gets it out of my head and then I can go on with my day. Um, and sometimes that's all I have time for is to do that because I have to like get back for a rehearsal or something. I, I think what I found for me is like thinking about like reward, rewarding myself of the audition is 
is acknowledging that I'm going into a room and singing what I love to sing and making art the way I want to make it for a group of people that are going to sit there and take notes about it and, you know, decide whether they want to buy what I'm selling. And, and that is a vulnerable thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I want to create space for myself to honor putting myself in that vulnerable position and, and kind of say like, yeah, you went in and you did that. Right. And yeah, I, I actually just kind of realized that now, like that it's, it can be an experience that means, you know, that you, that you hold a space for, I guess, or that means a little bit more than, I mean, it's part of my personality, I think too, just like go, go, go and fit everything in one after the other. And in that audition, I mean, realistically it's 10 minutes. So for me, it's like 30 minutes. Well, I get my, this is a good idea, but it's really not a lot of time. It's like, not a lot of time. So to give yourself extra time as part of like what the thing is, right? I think is really helpful. Well, I think it there's a there's a spectrum in terms of how we approach auditions and and how we deal with the fact that it's this very vulnerable thing, right? And you can either be super emotionally invested and then totally crushed whenever you get any kind of rejection, whether it's for an application or whatever, and that can destroy you as a person or you can you know go hard the other way which is to i'm going to treat this like a robot you know it's 10 I minutes that i'm that's in and i'm at we came in on opposite, on opposite sides. sides right and we're finding the middle ground self-care around rejection letters so this week starting at the release of this podcast right we're gonna start using the hashtag opera rejects are we gonna also do 100 rejections hashtag 100 rejections we could we could also do a hashtag 100 rejections yes we'll use both of those hashtags (laughs) hashtag 100 rejections hashtag opera rejects So let's let's bring a little punk rock vibe to our opera world <laughs> and be like, you're gonna tell me no? Well, guess what? I'm gonna pull out that rejection letter and I'm gonna sing it. And guess what, guys? I've done this. It's super cathartic. We tried it already, <laughs> and we're going to try it for you um, on our videos where we sing our rejection letters. It is funny and silly and stupid, and also somehow feels so good. Yeah. So. <laughs> We um, will share that with you and check it out on our Instagram and Facebook and um, and we want to hear you singing yeah, your rejection you to letters too. too. <laughs> let's do it. Let's 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 put some fun into a season that can otherwise grind us all down. Yeah. So um, this week, if you will share with us your rejections, your rejection letters, what you're doing for your hundred rejects rejections when you reach in. Hashtag 100 rejections and hashtag opera rejects. Yeah. And hashtag my so called opera life. As always, that pretty much concludes our episode today. Yes. Yeah, so we will link into the show notes um, the blog post we talked about. In addition, um, I know Sarah Nikovne actually wrote a blog post about her jewelry edition. Yeah, yeah. We'll link all these people and we know other people that do it so um we will share their info so you can be just as inspired as we were um and if you have 
a self-care routine that you find that you want to share with other people, please post about it, email us. Uh, I'm obsessed with people's routines. Send something by carrier pigeon. I don't know. However you can get in touch with us, please do it. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.